0: Hello, my name is Susanne. Welcome to the 120th episode of Handmade from the life of a knitting, singing, writing spinner. Today brings you the 12th ever English episode. So if I remember correctly, um, the last one I did in English was in August, I think. And um, yeah, that would have been right in the middle of summer break. And I would have had all these awesome plans of things I um, wanted to do. And um, spoiler, I didn't. I also had high hopes of finishing uh, the novel that was in progress then during August, I think, but it took until September. I'm currently writing uh, the second in that series, um, that's the new one that I started in February. So, um, I'll I keep you posted um, if and when I publish something. You I'll let you know. Other than that, hmm, I, I don't really remember what happened. Nothing major, I think. Yeah, um, I'd like to keep this whole episode a relatively short for an English episode because. I'd like to um, be able to record all of this in one go until my first student is due, which means I have about mm, 90 minutes, so that will be interesting. Uh, but um, don't fear, I can always um, mm, start recording again uh, another time. So you'll get to hear everything that I talked about in the last nine episodes, well, yeah, not All of it, because uh, those episodes are usually between 45 and 60 minutes per episode. And um, yeah, Um, um, I'm still recording same place without proper lighting, but we're lucky here today. It's a sunny day, so it's not as dank and dark as it usually is. And um, I'm also... um, Working on my whole setup with the video and the um audio um don't know um I myself prefer still prefer uh audio podcasts, but um yeah, the whole world's on YouTube now um, I have this feeling that I'm forgetting something, but I think what I'm forgetting is the usual feedback list because I usually uh uh, at the beginning of the podcast um saying th- thank you for all the uh, feedback that I got on Instagram and on Reverie and everywhere and I, I usually keep a list where I mention everybody who uh, uh commented and um I'm really I'm really happy that you all uh, like to watch and listen to this and that uh, I do get feedback um because otherwise it always uh, feels a little like I'm sitting alone in the room talking to myself um which uh technically I am so um I'll just jump into what I worked on since August um I I didn't bring all the projects for those of you who watched the video you can uh, look everything up um on the website usually I have um uh, project pictures um on the podcast um posts in the show notes, um I'm not very good at um um keeping up with my projects on Ravelry anymore. I'm sorry mm. but I have a few things um sitting here right next to me, and what else i'm I'm starting in reverse order this time because it turned out that that's uh, easier for me um, when writing the show notes. That's mm, the whole reason behind it. So I'm starting with a pair of Vanillas, the new black socks that I made for my husband. Those socks are finished. I can't show you because he's wearing them already. Um, I'm still very much in love with the uh, with Annie Fletcher's uh, sock patterns and I keep making more and especially vanillas, the new black is a really nice, um, easy but not completely mindless pattern. I like the fit. Um, I'm uh, actually wearing uh, any Fletcher socks right now but uh, yeah. Then, um, very big thing, um, my burgundy Stockbridge cardigan, that is the one I'm wearing right now and for those of you who listened to this for a while, You might remember the burgundy merino that I spun on the spindle and all the um, stuff that happened with... I dyed uh, the fiber, and then the color didn't take, and I dyed it again, and then it dyed everything pink, and uh, then it was uh, felted, and then I tried spinning it anyway, and I had to spin it on a spindle because my hip was hurting, and yeah, finally... I still haven't spun it all up, but I spun enough that um I could make it into a cardigan. So um that's I'll talk about that a little more later because that um was my uh, November project. I did um, National Knit to Sweater Month again and um, yeah this is the result. Um, Complete cardigan, love it. It's totally soft and fluffy and yeah it's pilling already. That's what happens when you um, use merino. But um, it fits very well. I love the color and it turned out very well. Um, The pattern is Stockbridge by Isola Teague and mm, it does look a bit hmm not really boring but plain. But I knew the minute I, I saw the pattern I th- I knew that I would wear this to death. It's um the fit is really nice. I love the um the, the round neckline and yeah. Great cardigan. Um I love it and I've been wearing it a lot already and it I uh, completed it at the end of November and now it's um, December 20th or so. So that's finished. Then I I picked up a project again that has been lingering for ages. This is called uh, Spiral Socken or uh, Gum Gum Socks. And um, this, this is a pair of socks that I'm making from leftover sock yarn. So I have three uh, skeins. This one is Lana Grossa. Meilenweit Merino, this is Regia in an olive green and then there's something where I don't even have the band anymore. So I just took um, three uh, leftover sock yarn skeins from, well, balls, from my stash and I'm um, making a sock. Oh, here's the third one, it's online super socke. So um, this is just a regular German 4-ply sock yarn and um, I made this sock. So this is genius because the sock is spiraling around. So you start, as you can see, with a plain rib um, band Mm, that's like a 2 by 2 but you can do it any which way. and then you start with the next color but you only knit quarter of the way around. I bet you could do it with, uh, if you're using uh, 40 pns, you can do it with uh, thirds as well, I'm sure. And so you just, so you have these three balls of yarn attached to the sock. So um, first I'd look for the one, so here. I have an end hanging down. And then I just knit along this needle. That's like a quarter of a sock. And then I'd have the end here. And then I'll turn it around and then I knit the next quarter and the next and the next. And so you you just go around the sock in spirals. Mm. It's a bit tricky at first to um to not get the um the yarn all tangled but i find that if i place the um uh, balls um on the table with a little bit apart then and then i turn the sock just so um it's it's really easy um the designer herself put the um uh, sock yarn into a cookie tin if i recall and and then she kept turning the tin as a whole so that um because otherwise as you turn the sock for knitting the um the yarn will get all uh tangled up um so and um i just knitted i did a, um, a regular german uh plain vanilla sock so um well not so german because the uh the leg is uh totally in stockinette and um I think uh, traditional German socks usually have those ribbed, but I'm not quite sure. I always used to make uh, a ribbed leg Um, before I knew there was uh, such a thing as a sock pattern I could follow. So those, I finished the first sock and um, started the second it's not my very favorite thing to knit because well it's fussy with all the balls of yarn and the ends and you can never really get into this groove where you just knit around and around and around and around because you have to shift back but um, it's a very nice way of uh, using leftover sock yarn and uh, the sock looks pretty nice Uh, um, even though the uh, the yarns don't match all that well uh, i like it so next um i have um what i call a scary blithberg another annie fletcher sock um this is the blithberg pattern Mm. this one i made with um self-striping sock yarn by nicole c mendes she has a etsy shop and this is a halloween colorway i think that's um why it's called scary and i've only done four, no not four i think 14 rounds on this or something it's, it's just a baby beginning sock i really love the colors um it's mostly gray and red and uh orange right now let me see this yeah that's that's mostly it um here it is or wound up um very nice sock yarn very soft um and uh i love it but this one is mostly sitting around doing nothing because i've been working on other things well the main thing i've been working on but that's not on my show notes list is an um an alley again by kate davis that's the uh you probably remember the owl sweater that was her first big uh well, I think that was the first parent she ever um published. And um she uh, and uh, I inherited um some yarn and um there was a lot of very bulky yarn. And um so right now I'm trying to knit uh an Alligan out of this um yeah, I'll tell you all about that in the next episode. But it's knitting up really fast. Um, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's bulk yarn held double. But I'm not sure if uh, there will be enough yarn and as everybody knows, uh, when you knit faster you won't use as much yarn, of course. So um, uh, yeah, I'm mostly working on that at the moment. Then I made a spoke hat for my husband. He is always cold and, um, well, not everywhere, mostly. Uh, he needs a lot of hats. And um, he wanted one that had extra warmth um, at the ears. And I made myself a spoke hat for a wearing under my bike helmet. And that has a folded brim. And I thought that would be a great idea for my husband. And that was another long uh, drawn out spinning project Um, the spinning as such uh, went pretty fast but um, I wanted to make a cabled yarn because my husband's very hard on uh, his knitted stuff and even on his hats Um, and so I I made this yarn and then I found that I hadn't put enough uh, plying twist into the first um, plying you know a cabled yarn I, I made four singles then I applied two of them together two and two and then you ply the resulting two strands together again into the other direction and in order for that to work you need to put a lot of plying twist into the first uh, time you um, through the first uh, ply when you make the two ply um, because y- some of that twist will go out again when you um, ply in the other direction. Um, and so I um, applied it all and then the yarn looked horrible and I hated it and it didn't really work. And so I didn't know what to do. And I took it all apart again. <laughs> I actually took 100 grams of spun cabled yarn that was plied twice and unplied the... Um, the four ply. I took the resulting two plies, ply those again, and then plied it all together. And now the yarn's really great. And um, I don't have it here, sorry, um it's already in use, but um the hat turned out really well. And then I had a little yarn left over, I think about 40 grams maybe, 30. And I thought, oh, I'll just make um, fingerless gloves for my husband because he said that he was wearing the ones that I made for him, um, I don't know, two years ago. He's wearing those constantly when he goes out running. And so I thought, oh yeah, then I'll do some garter mitts by Isolde Artig from the rest of the yarn. But there wasn't enough yarn for those mitts. And then I tried some crochet um um fingerless um uh, mittens gloves and then um i don't know i might try the uh, mitts again but i'll change the pattern so that the cuff is shorter and everything's shorter because um i, I was using the same um needle as for the hat and so my first attempt Looked really, really big. I think I have to um, measure my husband's hands and then try again, and only make a very short cuff, and then I might have enough yarn. I'll see. So that one's in limbo. Do I have it? I might have it here. Let me see. Um, So nothing to show because it's just the yarn. Ha! Did I say nothing to show? (laughs) Ha! Here is a. Uh, crochet fingerless mitt in progress that I should put a a picture into the show notes Um, that I will rip back again because there isn't enough yarn for this. This is the yarn it looks really nice Um, I love cabled yarn Um, I think I have to make much more cabled yarn I'm just, uh, I'm reading the um, current um, ply magazine about sock yarn And now I'm all uh, excited to make all the cabled yarns and crepe yarn and three ply and uh, spin for socks again. Which is funny because as far as I know I still have uh, some hand-spun sock yarn uh, in the stash that I haven't used yet and then I have a, a spinning project that has been lingering for I don't know Uh at least two years so I, I pull it out y- y- again and again and then I spin for about 10 minutes and I put it away again so yeah mm, not the way you finish projects so then I made a a, a kriya uh, out of handspun that one's finished I like it it's a bit wide in the shoulders so I should have maybe gone down a size but it fits I like it Um, and um, after a bit of um, uh, um, mistake because (laughs) I let it sit for some time and I knit something else and when I came back to it I just put the um, buttonholes uh, in thinking that I knew which side they had to go on and then when the whole thing was done I found that I had buttonholes on one side and on the other. <coughs> mm. Not um, like in the top part of the cardigan the buttonholes were on the right side and on the bottom they were on the left. And for a very short time I thought about um, just fudging it but then i decided no i won't do it i'll just um rip it back and uh knit like half the body again mm-hmm. yeah but that one's finished it's blocked it's uh, it has buttons everything's fine then i did um a cowl my uh apparently my uh program here thinks that cowl is not a word um it's called Volkig uh, the pattern, I did that one for my husband again, and I don't have it here, I don't, I showed you everything I have, I think, um, and um, I think he likes it very much, um, that one was one where I started from that yarn, I started a crochet shawl for myself, then I ripped it back, Then I started a crochet cowl for my husband, then I ripped it back, then I started it again, then I ripped it back, then I started it again, then I ripped it back, and then I started the wolkig cowl, and that one I finished, and uh, as I said, gave to my husband, he's wearing it, everything's fine. I also made a Carabeth cardigan, Um, it's a very nice burgundy, it's uh, from an alpaca merino blend and that's one of the yarns that I inherited Um, and uh, it's really 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 warm and I had to find out that I really don't like having alpaca next to my skin, (laughs) it's prickly, so um, hmm I don't know, but um, it fits, I like it. Um, it was a very quick knit, um, so that's the upside of knitting with very, very bulky yarn, but I find it hard on my hands, so I wouldn't want to do it all the time, but um, yeah. Then um, uh, I started a Crazy Tea from Lefty Over Yarn from the Glomintide, um knit-along and huh that has been sitting in a project bag for weeks now as well because i'm not quite sure if i really want to do it um and if i like the color combination for that i mean the colors go together very well it's uh yellow and orange and a yarn that's um one ply yellow and one ply orange and that it works very well and um but for this uh, pattern that has really crazy stripes that go out like rays diagonal uh diagonal uh, rays uh, over your body um i don't know if uh and then i have three colors instead of two so i wasn't quite sure how to mm, so i'm yeah i'm not quite sure about that one i just started it and knitted down like I have like two or three centimeters like an inch Um, I'm not quite sure what to do with it, I'll see then I made another pair of Vanilla as the New Black socks for myself, I used the sock yarn that I got in Bielefeld at the Reverie meeting in 2017 Um, and then I finished a pair of Braymore socks, again Annie Fletcher and now I'm uh, wiggling around because those are the ones I'm wearing so now you get to see um, the socks that I'm wearing I I, I, um, I took it off so um, this is yarn that a podcast listener got me and um, you can't really see it I think it's uh, mostly red and it's orange and it's pink like perfect um, it has the usual Annie Fletcher heel um, this time it's in a reverse stockinette, and most of the sock is uh, ribbed, and I really like it. They fit well, and um, now I need to put it on again because it's too cold without socks. So um, those were those are finished because otherwise I couldn't uh, wear them. And then I have also made the um, glow tide shawl. Um, I participated in the knit-along and that one was really interesting. So this one is pretty big and it's um, it's really fun. Um, it was started on one end uh, with a triangular piece and then you started the other end with another triangular piece and then you them together and knit it in the round while decreasing and you get this um, square that makes the point of a triangular shawl. It's really nice, I love the colors. Um, This was designed for a yarn that's speckled with not a lot of contrast and um, turned out really great and I love it and it's really um, soft and big and cushy and um, I finally blocked it last weekend because I was going to the Saint Nicholas uh, spinning meeting and there's a rule when you go to a spinning meeting you always have to take something new. Well it's not a rule and I don't always do but when I can I do. So I also um, did a lot of crochet. Um, I made two extra squares from my Sophie's Universe blanket. That's a project that I keep stuffing um, uh, onto the pile of uh, things I'm not really working on and then when I don't have any crochet project that I'm working on I pull it out again and do a square and then I'll put it back. Um, It's a bit fiddly and I'm not quite sure if I have enough yarn and I'm also not quite sure if I really want to make it so I'm wavering and uh, I'm not really working on that. I made plans and I bought yarn for the Sweet Pea uh, Crochet Along that is one that's helped by Attic24 on her blog. And this time I even got the yarn pack that goes for it. So, first time ever, I think that I bought the uh, yarn intended for the pattern for a crochet or a knit along. And I'm really excited. This one starts, I think, 4th of January. And I'm hoping to crochet along while it goes. Um, That is because I had so much fun making the ripple blanket for my son. Mm, That one's finished and I don't even know where he put it, but it's finished. It's uh, up in his room. He likes it. Um, It's all greys and it's following the woodland ripple blanket um, recipe by attic24 and um, but um he wanted all gray so um there are pictures of that blanket somewhere on the blog mm. and then yeah i made that color pooling cowl but i didn't finish it because uh, then i uh just frogged it and made a knitted cowl out of it i spun um, I am currently spinning um, an advent calendar from Steffi's Wolle. Um, I can show you the outer layer. I have actually been keeping up with this every day. Um, no, uh, I have two more bobbins um, because as I'm, hmm, I'm dividing the fiber in half and spinning it on two bobbins. And I want to ply it uh, together for a two-ply and I'm hoping to make a really big shawl out of it. Um, And uh, this this is a gradient. She has a different calendars. There was one that was more blues and cold um, colors and this one was called um, Blossom Dreams or something like that. And it's um, a lot of um, lavender and pink and yellow and orange and now it's pink again. And I'm really loving it, even though I'm not uh, someone who likes pink uh, normally. So I'm not quite sure what's with that, but um, uh, it's great. And so every day I open my little um, uh, bag, paper bag with the fiber of the day and then i weigh the two parts out and then in the evening usually i sit down and spin them and i'm hoping that that will make my um advent a bit um calmer and quieter and ah, i really love it um i did the same last year um last year i had the five grams per day calendar and i spun that into a three ply sock yarn and this Um, year I have the 10 grams but it's still taking me about an hour to spin because this time I'm spinning for a two-ply fingering weight yarn. Um, Then I spun, no that wasn't spinning, I started to card um, Merino and Blueface Lester for the Starry Nights cowl that's uh, in Tunisian crochet and I love that pattern. And I wanted to make it, but I didn't have the right yarn. So I looked through my fiber stash and found odds and bits of merino and blue-faced lester. And I thought, well, if I put together something of this ugly neon turquoise merino with this black blue-faced lester, maybe uh, this will make a nice heathered yarn. Mm, I carded it all. Uh, I carded the uh, turquoise and black. I need another color that's um, twice as much. And I have a dark blue and black for that. And I'm hoping um, to spin that all up and um, and, uh, crochet that cowl. It will take some time. I don't think that I'll sit down and spin uh, an hour a day. Uh, after Christmas is done, but we'll see. And then my main spinning project was the Burgundy Merino for the um, Stockbridge cardigan. Um, I, As I said, I spun this on a spindle um, and it's it's really nice I, I i hated this fiber so much because it was felted and it was so hard to spin and it was no fun and my fingers were getting all uh, pink and red and everything was getting pink and red and i really hated it and then i wanted to um ply it on a spindle as well and i uh, learned the uh indian uh, flying spindle trick for that but I'm not really good at that I'm actually really bad at that supplying trick and so um, when I decided to knit the Stockbridge cardigan for National Knit to Sweater Month in November I also decided to basically cheat and um, ply the yarn on a wheel I don't usually do that but um, so I just sat down and plied everything that I had and um then uh, I spun some more and plied on In the end I thought oh I'll just start knitting and then if I need more yarn I can still um, uh, spin the rest and ply it. But I have right now um, these two skeins is leftover yarn and I'm not quite sure these m- might need to be washed still yeah I'll see if my hands turn pink when I handle them and then here I have another ball of yarn so these are I don't eins zwei drei so that was interesting uh, there was a minor technical difficulty I hope it was minor and i had to um stop uh, the recording and start again i hope that nothing um is lost from what i did I, but i don't think so it looks like everything's there Hmm, yeah interesting computer troubles um so where was i ah uh, spinning yeah um so the burgundy merino was a big project and even When I didn't work on it, there was always the thought of I need to spin it, I need to spin it in the back of my head, but now I'm, well, I'm not done because there's still fiber left. I'm not quite sure if I want to spin that or not. Well, I'm pretty sure I don't want to, but um, I'm thinking about what to do with the rest of the yarn. Um, I have, I think, about 120 grams left. Maybe I'll just, uh, so that's what I already applied um so i could make a shawl out of this i really love the color as i said it's really warm and soft and cushy and squishy and uh, yeah shawl i think um so and then uh, of course i spun all the merino uh, silk for the gloaming tide um knit along and that was a bit of a, a rush project because um so I saw that there would be the knit along, so I signed up and it said, yeah, um, fingering weight yarn, um, not too big, and three colors. So I, I, I didn't even look at what it said, but a week before the, or 10 days or so before the uh, knit along started, I looked at um, the piece of pattern that I had that said, Oh, you need uh, 300 grams of uh, sock yarn in matching colors. And it's like, what? 300? So I started spinning. And I spun uh, this um, merino silk that uh, you can buy at Das Wollschaf. And it's just plain yellow, orange, and red then she said well the the um, pattern is designed for this speckled yarn and you don't want to have too much contrast between the colors. So um, I did the um, gauge swatch and found that my three colors while going well together had really hard contrast between them so you could really see the line where one color ended and the next started but with the official Tide Knit Along yarn, you couldn't. So, and in between I managed to spin the red yarn in the wrong direction. So I spun that twice and then I decided not to use it but to um, spin a third color by combining one ply of the yellow and one ply of the orange. Um, So while the knit along was already started I was still spinning the yarn for it and so that was fun. I think that time I was already um, knitting on the shawl and spinning the yarn for it uh, in the evenings or something because um, the first part didn't... um, use the third colour only the uh the one that uh, well for me it's the yellow and the orange the orange, sorry. Um I'm just uh looking to see uh where it started. Um this end. Uh so that's like orange, orange, orange and then a bit of the yellow and orange, orange, orange. And then that's like week two or so. Um I needed the third color but by then I had spun it and uh, yeah so that was a bit of a mm, big project with a little bit of stress Um, but uh, I was um, surprised at how fast I could spin for this Um, it's like a hundred and no I spun 300 grams but I think I have 120 left or so either so um, the shawl doesn't use um, those 300 grams all up. So and then there was my project wardrobe. I don't know if you remember I <laughs> I started this project uh, in the podcasting of Deutsch Gruppe um, uh, because I really want to uh, make myself more clothes and I want to sew my own clothes and not buy them and I need quite a few um, new clothes Now, I'm not going um, naked um, without sewing anything or buying anything, but I'd like a couple of t-shirts and I need like yoga pants and um, I want a new coat and uh, all the things. And um, so I made a plan and I started sewing and all that I got done was this t-shirt that I'm wearing is my only finished sewing project for the whole year um so that was a bit embarrassing but um i did start a dress it's uh, the pattern's called q by nina something Gla, i think lee um and that dress is almost finished i need to uh learn how to do understitching and uh Apply to the dress, and then I don't know, um so it um already looks like a dress, and I have to um ah, ah, I'm blanking on the term how to call it um, so I need to uh for the the button bands and such this, it's not interfacing you know the thing that you put underneath so that it's different not interfacing the other one that's actual fabric it'll get to me I'm sure <laughs> so I need to pull that in and then I need to make the buttonholes and sew the buttons on and hem the dress and then it will be finished so mm, another six months or so and then I finally finished the Alabama studio top so that one mm, was finished once before but I found that um, I, mm, yeah I it didn't look right. The neckline was um, uh, falling open. So I took um, the neckband off and then I sewed it on again and now it's finished. So I have one, one sleeveless top for the summer. Um, Though I have to say right now in winter I don't really need sleeveless tops. So I'm still not giving up on the project wardrobe. So um, I'm hoping to uh, do some more sewing in 2019 than I did in 2018. Though that's, I said the same thing a year ago. We'll see how that goes. So now I'm getting to the topics that I talked about in the last nine episodes. First one was summer slump. As I said, I always have big plans and I have especially big plans before school breaks and especially in the summer. So now here in Bavaria, in Germany in general, we have about six weeks of summer break. And during summer break, my husband and I don't teach a lot. There's just a student here and there. Um, So usually we teach every afternoon. Uh, but not in August and the beginning of September. So I wanted to finish my novel and revamp the website for our teaching business and um, sew all the clothes and spin and, I don't know, renovate the house and the balcony and in the end I basically did nothing, I think. So first of all, uh, it was either me or my husband traveling not all that much, just a little bit. It was enough to throw us off. Well, I'm always thrown off by by breaks. It's so funny. Um, I mean, um, today as I record this is Thursday and um, so I'm eagerly waiting for the weekend and then I'll have two weeks off for Christmas break. And as every time I'm thinking, oh yeah, I can, I can do this and I can do that and I can, and I have all this time and it will be great. And in the end I usually am less productive than during the school year because um, when I'm teaching I know I have this time in the day for doing things for myself, for sewing and knitting and spinning and writing and making music. Uh, But when um, I have a day off I think oh I have the whole day but I don't. And um, so um, since I'm teaching afternoons Um, when I'm not teaching I in theory I have the afternoon off but in the afternoon my energy levels are usually very low and then when it's uh, when we have days off my uh, son and I often watch um, Star Trek or something Doctor Who and um, that means that um, I'm watching TV for 90 minutes And uh, so um, that combined with the after-lunch slump usually means that I don't have any time at all. So um, I should uh, stop making plans for uh, days off. Uh, I probably just uh, manage to do just about as much as usual. If that, because um, I'm also constantly thrown off by every little thing that's different than my routine, like, oh, it's Christmas, so we have uh, extra special Christmas dinner, Boof, two days, gone. Um, It's funny, I know. Uh, I'm working on it. Every morning I'm reading a a chapter in my daily stoic book, so maybe... uh, over the course of a year or so, I'll become more stoic. Uh, I have a long way to go, so, uh, yeah. Um, Then, uh, so that was the summer slump. Um, um, Then episode, um, what would that be, Uh, 102 was uh, the question, spinning with numbers or with feeling? Now, um, there are people who um do everything in spinning with um so in a rational manner with uh, index cards and uh, um protractors and um they are counting treads per inch or whatever um just at the moment i'm reading um yarnitecture by Jillian Moreno and she talks about Counting treadles and um, uh, yeah, measuring and and all of these things are very good things. Um, I have in the past, when I um, had a big, especially when I had a big spinning project, I I have a a bag full of um, index cards with yarns. Samples and they say, oh, okay, um, singles yarn, two ply, two ply washed. And then uh, when I now I wanted to say, when I make a big project like um, a cardigan from Handspun, I'll often um, spin a sample and then knit a gauge swatch and then spin the rest of the cardigan. But I have to confess, I'm just about as likely to sit down with the fiber and say, okay, I'm aiming for three ply fingering weight high twist yarn. Go. And um, I do check my yarn in between, but like for the cardigan I'm wearing right now, there is no index card anywhere and since i was spinning on the spindle all the whole uh, point of okay which ratio am i on and which um how much pull do i have and how many treadles per whatever that's all moot i mean i was spinning on a spindle um nobody has ever suggested to me that you should look at the spindle and count turns wouldn't that be funny and then I started asking um, around at my spinning meeting. So most of the people there don't spin for a specific project. So I'm a bit of an oddity in that circle in that I sit down and say, OK, I want to make Kriya by Isolde Teague from this yarn and this. I want this to be a two-ply go. Most of them just sit down and spin the yarn any which way and then when they have the yarn they look Mm, what to make with it. but And then I asked around uh, in my uh, like virtual spinning group on Reverie and people there were mostly, if not all, in the camp of uh, yeah I just think about what I want and then I'll spin it or I don't mind I just spin Whatever the fiber wants to become, and then I look for a suitable project. Um, So that was interesting, and um, I think that method of counting this and measuring that and measuring that. um, First of all, it's it's not foolish to do so because um, it gives you a lot of information. Information is always good, but. I don't think I could sit down like um, Rita Bohanan was talking about this in uh, that How I Spin video. Like one, two, three, four, one, two, three. And the thing is I do it. I'm a musician. I count everything. And um, um, I usually have every project has a rhythm of course, but I don't have to count in order to get into that. Um So um, I'm thinking that um, that method of counting and measuring and protractors and um, uh, index cards and plyback samples, all of these things are very good tools but you don't really need them. But when you want to teach someone how to spin a consistent yarn it is of course much easier to tell them okay spin a sample, keep a bit of the sample in a place where you'll find it again and label it so that you know what it is. Very important. You think you know, you won't. And then you can refer back to it later. So keeping good notes is always good for information, of course. But it's much easier to teach something like that than to tell someone, oh, just go by feel. I mean, when you're a beginner who wants to hit three-ply fingering weight yarn, Telling the beginner, just go by feel, won't help at all, because they don't have a feeling yet. They can't have. Um, And I remember when I started spinning for uh, special projects, I was so frustrated because nobody could tell me if I wanted a 3-ply fingering weight yarn. What diameter? the singles needed to be and then um the way i spin and the fiber that i usually uh, use often results in something that um when i'm finished with spinning it's perfectly three ply fingering weight then i wash it it goes and then it's like twice as thick so um yeah that's the thing i uh, When you teach someone, you can't put experience into them by talking. So you need to find a crutch for the experience and the feeling. But I'm not against numbers while spinning. I just found that I don't use them anymore. Um, Not often. But uh, I know how and I think that's a good thing to have that in your toolbox. So, lengthy episode about do you spend by numbers or by feel? And um, most of the people who gave feedback, no, all of the people who gave feedback said, oh, by feel. Mm-hmm. So then I did a whole episode on um, Kate Davis' book, Handywoman, and I heartily recommend that. That book is awesome. Um, you probably all know Kate Davis. If not, go look at her blog and designs. She's fabulous and um, her husband takes all the pictures, and they are gorgeous. Um, And she had a stroke, um, I think she was 31, Um, so not a risk patient, um, very sudden. Um, She had a stroke, and she was paralyzed on her left side. And she's still disabled because of this. And ultimately, that stroke led to her become a professional knitwear designer um and she tells the whole story um in this book um it's it is a memoir, but it's just much more than that it's just, it has like a dozen really deep uh wonderful essays um about the whole experience, about knitting and community, about things like braiding hair and what your hairdo means culturally and for you and uh, like she has an ode to uh, this um, uh, thing, piece of equipment that helped her get up um move I don't, from the bed to a chair and back again uh, in the beginning. And uh, it's, um, it talks about inclusivity and about um, inclusive design and about all kinds of things. It's fabulous and i it's one of the few books that I bought on paper that I actually read all the way through. Um, I happen to read all of my, most of my books on, um, on my ebook reader and I prefer them that way, but that one, uh, and it's a beautiful book, I mean, uh, yeah, she's a great designer, the book is wonderfully designed and it's, has a nice texture and, uh, yeah, um, so, um, I talked about, um, the book uh, more in detail in that episode, of course, um, then there was an episode about haberdashery. I think that's the one. It's, see. That's the thing that I wanted to look at before recording. Um, uh, and that was um inspired by um the Handy Woman book because there is an essay in the book about um all the small things that you have as a knitter like needles and buttons and scissors and um, uh, safety pins and uh, all those small things and I did an episode where I talked about those like um, gauge meters and um, tape measures and um, stitch markers and all those things and um, I have to say that when I started knitting most of these things were not available at least not to me and I think if they had been we wouldn't have bought them because um, my mother and grandmother and aunts and everybody would have said they're unnecessary and frivolous why do you need stitch markers or um, a, a gauge um, meter or uh, what you can you can measure um, the thickness of your needles with a uh, uh oh well just a regular tape measure and um so but i find that um those small things um bring me a lot of joy and i have um a lot that i use a lot and um i for example i lo- really love stitch markers Um, Because they make my life so much easier. Because before I had to count and count and count and count and look at my knitting every third stitch or something. And now when I have like uh, one of these Annie Fletcher socks, um, I knit around until I reach the stitch marker. Then I do an increase. And I have my row counter right there and says no, this is an even row. Okay, so I don't increase. And then at the end of the row, I'll turn it and say, okay, this time I have to increase. It makes my life so much easier. And I have to say that the one thing that I use probably the most these days is um, my iPad for uh, knitting. And I remember when the yarn harlot, um included that the iPad in her um, list of gifts for knitters uh, that she used to do in December. Mm. I was thinking like, oh, that's a big big thing for, um, for knitting but I have to say I use it a lot for knitting and especially with the Knit Companion app and I just found out how to use the linked um, row counters and that's so so cool um, I did it on the Aldigan um, sleeve where I had to um, increase one no two every seven rows um, six times and I set up the stitch counter, uh, the row counter. Every time I finished a row, I tapped on the counter button and then said, "This is row one of uh, repeat of the third repeat of this thing." I was like, "Oh yeah, this is the one where I need to do the increase." And then, "Oh, this is row four. Okay, I'll just knit along." And then, "Oh yeah, two more repeats, and then I'm done. It's so cool." I can do the math and um, I used to do all of these things with pencil on, on graph paper. I can do it. I can probably just look at my knitting and tell you if, which row I'm on but it's not as convenient and I really love it. So. Um, yeah, I um I recommend that you uh, go to that post about the haberdashery, um the uh, podcast episode, and look at the pictures because um I tried to take um, nice pictures of all my small bits and bobs and. Uh, yeah. If you want to see any of the projects or um, see the links for things, you can always go to the original um, German episodes. And if you go to the blog at creativemother.de um, slash, it's forward slash, yeah, um, what it's called, categories slash podcast. That should give you all the podcast episodes and nothing else. Or you could go on the blog creativemother.de and then on the right side, um, scroll down. There's um, somewhere, there's a, a menu with categories and then you can choose the podcast and you get all the podcast episodes. So you don't have to wait through my daily blog posts for... um, Yeah, what's that? August, September... Five months of daily blog posts. That's a lot. No, nobody wants that. So, then for episode 105, um, I was so happy about the Handy Woman uh, book review episode that I um, did another book review about uh, the book In the Footsteps of Sheep by Debbie Zawinski. I think. Didn't make a note. Bad podcaster. Um, this book is really, really awesome. But I found it's hard to get well, it's uh, it's somewhat hard to get. Um not for those of you in the US. It's not the cheapest, but um shipping to Germany is horrendous. Whoops. Um I got it years ago. I'm not quite sure. I think I might have ordered it from the UK, but um Um, no, I couldn't get it um, there anymore. Um, But the book is really nice. So what she did was she hiked through Scotland with a really minimalist setup, like very small backpack with a tent and a sleeping bag and uh, an empty tin for making water for tea. And I don't know, no change of clothes, something like that. And she washed her hair in a puddle. And she took a... Not even a spindle, something like a spinning stick and knitting needles. And she um, collected sheep's wool from fences and such. But sometimes she also asked shepherds because um, she wanted to find um, wool from certain Scottish breeds. So she hiked along, she collected the wool, she spun it and then she knitted it into a sock. And on the way, she also designed a few more socks from um, fiber that was local and uh, all these breeds. And there are stunning pictures in there. And you have this whole travel memoir and um, you have like the patterns and it's really, really a gorgeous, wonderful book. And I... Uh, I loved it, and so I uh, talked about it on the podcast at length. Um, then uh, episode 106, I talked about how to knit a sweater that actually fits. because um, So there's a new uh, knitting podcast in German that I really, really love. And those two podcasters are slightly newer knitters, I think. So when I started knitting in the 70s, yes, 70s and 80s, um everybody was knitting sweaters. But um these two were a bit intimidated by um uh well a little. I find that a lot of people are intimidated by um making sweater that, uh, a sweater that fits. Um now um fashion's changing again, so we are um almost back to 80s silhouettes which means that um, knitting a sweater that fits is much easier because you just knit something really really big and then you just have to make sure that the sleeves aren't too long um, um, so I talked about how you knit a gauge swatch and then you wash the gauge you know that you have to watch the gauge swatch don't you and then you measure yourself And then you look at the pattern and then you compare your measurements to those of the pattern and then you have to know how you like your sweaters to fit if you're somebody like me who doesn't mind um, having negative ease at the bust or if you want them all loose and don't feel good if uh, you don't have like uh, 10 centimeters of ease everywhere. So yeah, so you do the gauge swatch, you wash the gauge swatch and you write it all down so that you know that this was my gauge uh, before I washed it and this is my gauge after I washed it. So when you knit it, you can measure again and see if your gauge while knitting is still the same as it was when you made uh, the gauge swatch because that's something that happens to me a lot that, oh, I'm knitting along on the gauge swatch and then when I knit the actual sweater and I'm knitting on it for like a week or two or three, my gauge is getting much looser and more relaxed and I'm not as excited to start a new sweater. So um, you can uh, measure in between um there are people who advocate um trying it on. I like that, but if you have a yarn that grows a lot after washing, then hmm, trying it on might not help you a lot. Um but what you also can do is um like pull a lifeline through the live stitches, wash and block the unfinished sweater. That's perfectly fine, you can do that. Um and then you see how it will uh, turn out. So um, that's one one place where I wouldn't go by feel. So I have to admit I do that as well. Hmm. That's the thing with the um, experience again, if you've done this a lot. But um, my sweaters are still a bit hit and miss. Um but I'm getting better because I'm doing the gauge watch and I'm looking at the pattern and I'm uh, thinking about what I want and I do um bust darts and um I take my shoulder measurements usually as um um the measurement that um because when most patterns have you um measure your bust and then that is what you use as the uh, base for the decision which size you make. Now, um, for me, that's a really bad idea. For me, it's better to use my shoulder measurement and then to make bust darts to adjust for a full bust in the finished pattern. Other people have broad shoulders and a small bust so they need to change things differently so um you can't really expect the pattern to know how you look um because we are all very different like um if you have a very long torso or a short torso or a full bust or a small bust or broad shoulders or yeah long arms um yeah you need to um take control of your sweater knitting and you'll need to measure and to think a bit um i mean i i know people who do gauge swatches for socks i don't because sock yarn is mm, pretty much the same and if it's a bit thicker or thinner and my gauge turns out a little so usually it's no big deal in a sweater mm, might show up a little more then uh, episode 107 was about um, the queen of large-scale projects and um, episode 108 was ongoing large-scale projects. So since that's basically, those were two episodes about the same project, I'll just mash them up right now. Um, so the thing was that with uh, the whole uh, National Literature Sweater Month uh, coming up, I... Uh, at first I decided not to participate for once but then um Julia who blogs at eliandra.de that's eliandhrr a.de um in german um she uh, she called me out and she said um, Susanna inspired me to do National Hit to Sweater Month. Um, I don't think I'll um actually achieve a full sweater, but I'll try. And so since she said that I inspired her, I thought, well, hmm, I should do National Lit to Sweater Month again as well. So I um that was when I decided to uh finish the burgundy merino spin and ply it all up and then knit the sweater in november um i started a bit late but ultimately i managed to do it uh with buttons sewn up i i didn't block the sweater but um the rules state that the sweater has to be finished and it has to have buttons and the ends need to be woven in but it doesn't say that you have to uh have blocked it. Mm, I mean I I did wash it before the end of the month but I think it was dry day or two after. Um anyways I even uh, I won a prize even uh because there's uh uh, uh 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 there are prizes and if you finish uh your sweater in November, you're eligible and um, yeah, it's, it's really, really exciting. I, um, the, um, the woman who, um, uh, sorry, English blackout, she contacted me and uh, she has an f shop with really nice fiber and uh, yeah, huh, great. So um, I didn't expect to win anything, but um, I knit a sweater in November. Then I also wanted to finish my novel in November. And that didn't happen. I um, I had a late start and then I was sick for two weeks. Not all that bad, but I had a cold that was bad enough that I spent most days in bed not doing anything. And then I... Uh, I kept all my energy for teaching and didn't do anything else. No running, no nothing. I just did the bare minimum f- of household stuff and teaching, and that was it. And then, hmm, so my original plan had been to finish the novel, which would have been like almost 90,000 words, something like that. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, likely. And then I ended up only writing like 15,000 words in November. Really bad. And then I decided to finish the rest of the novel in uh, December. And that's not happening either. So this one will probably turn out to be about 90,000 words or so. And I started it in October. It's slow going but then, um, just the other day, I decided not to uh, put too much pressure on myself because the pressure wasn't working. So I said, "Okay, I'll dividing my I'm I'll be dividing my uh, f- goal in half. So instead of finishing this at the end of December, I'll finish it at the end of January, which means I need to uh, write about a thousand words a day, and um, so and I got a bit more strict with myself. And so this week I'm. Um, I've uh, been making good progress, um, but yeah, oh, this is always taking so long, it's driving me crazy, but then uh, telling myself, I'll write 10,000 words a day, every day, um, I can tell myself that and get all hyped up, I'll never do it, so better to be a bit uh, realistic. So that's why I talked about all those large-scale projects, I think there was something else in there, but I don't remember. Mm. And then my huh, last episode already. Ha! Huh, this has been going fast. Um, December plans, because then once um, November was over, and I had been really good with just knitting on the uh, on the cardigan and finishing it and being very focused. Uh, so then I had all these. Okay. I finished the big project and then I finished the big ripple blanket and now I want to do all the things. So I started a pair of socks and I finished another pair of socks and then I bought the uh, yarn for the uh, sweet pea crochet along and then I uh, bought the, how's it called, knitting seasons thing by Kate Davies, because I got a bit of money for Christmas and I thought, "Mm, what should I do with it? And then I saw that she has like uh, two books in that um, uh, subscription, so you get a pattern and an essay. I really loved those. Last time I was in one of her clubs, I did not take the yarn, um, but uh, yeah, I got the um, pattern and an essay and then um, uh, la, la, la. Um, and then there's a second book in there about creativity that, uh, creativity that I'm really looking forward to because that's a, a topic that's really dear to my heart. And she was talking about her journal and a bit about her design process and I love that. Um, I would have gotten uh, the Kate Davies Leuchtturm journal, but uh, then I decided... Um, no, I can just buy a regular Leuchtturm without the uh, Kate Davies logo on it. Um, there's no need to have it shipped from uh, Great Britain for this. Um, so those were my plans like and then I wanted to spin the advent calendar and that's really oh it's so much fun I love it and um, then I want to knit with the yarn and I want to knit with last year's advent calendar uh, yarn and then I started to card the fiber for that cowl. I have been wanting to make that cowl for ages, and um, so when uh, this uh, Saint Nicholas spinning meeting came up, this one is uh, once a year. It's um, uh, like one and one and a half hours by train from me. Uh, it's I'm not quite sure if it's in the Alps or near the Alps, but you can see them. It's like, oh, it's beautiful there and it's pretty rural. And um, so we have this spinning meeting there um, once a year. And there are a lot of people that I only meet there. Um, And um, I didn't want to bring my little jam wheel because I was uh, taking the train and then I wanted to walk up the hill to the place where the spinning meeting was. And walking up the hill with a spinning wheel is much easier with the Lue Victoria uh, that has a backpack that I can put on my back. Mm. So I needed a Louis Victoria project. And so, of course, I just carded those um, 50 grams for the first color for that cowl. Though I think <sighs> I need to get better at carding. Because I have read that uh, spinning carded fiber is sheer joy. It's not when I'm carding it. Um, I'm using hand cards because I'm not made for money and I don't card enough to... mm, Nah, I don't want this uh, thing to... uh, I I mean, I I could probably borrow one. I don't know. I have hand cards. It doesn't take ages. I actually like it. Um, Let's go went pretty fast and uh, now that I've seen the um, carding video by Beth Smith, <laughs> I actually have I think I have a carding video from Interweave with four different people demonstrating carding yeah, I'm not quite sure about the Beth Smith um, that she did for Schacht that one uh, was the best and um, So, but I think I need to do it more often so that I get better at it. Um, Same thing with everything. (sighs) So, yeah. Any more December plans? I don't think so. So, I actually managed to talk about everything in one hour and 16. Feels like I must have missed something. So. Thanks for joining me again today. Um, you can find uh, the show notes for this episode as, at, creative mother at no creativemother.de Um You can send me an email um, at susanne at creativemother.de You can also um, um, support the podcast on Patreon under patreon.com slash handgemacht, that's H-A-N-D-G-E-M-A-C-H-T I am creative mother on Reverie I'm free jazz mama on Instagram and Twitter and theoretically also on Pinterest and yeah, thanks for listening and um, hoping uh, to see and uh, yeah, to see you next time um happy knitting. ciao